everybody. Welcome to When Calls the Hallmarkies. This is the show where we are recapping this season of When Calls the Heart. And we are talking today about season nine, episodes six and seven. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Ruth Hill is here. Hi, lovely to be here. And our friend Jax is here. Yay. Hi, thanks for having me, you guys. How are you doing? Good. I'm I'm glad that I got invited back after the preview show. <laughs> yes. We had so much fun on that preview show. And, and now we are halfway done the season. How do you feel, Jax? How do you feel about the season so far? Overall. Uh, well, even when I, I do have to say that even when I'm not on the podcast, I watch it every week and I listen to you guys every other week with the two shows. So I feel like I'm a part of the conversation. I'm really enjoying this season there are some unexpected things that i'm not sure where they're going but it's keeping me intrigued mm -hmm. yeah what do you think a halfway point ruth how are you feeling about it this season oh, i'm 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 happy with it hey they, they they talk about carson every single episode i mean yeah. i can't i i laugh every time it's like like he's not in this season and yet they talk about him, which it's, it's just funny that that happens. But no, honestly, I have been enjoying it. I, I, I man, we've gotten some makeout scenes. Yeah. Those are some hot scenes. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And the only person we hear about more that's not on the show is, was probably Abigail. <laughs> oh, that's true. I know. Carson what, and Abigail. I, I, I keep expecting that she'll just like somehow show up like, like, I don't know. I mean, I know she won't, but there's that part of me that thinks, man, they're like it's... chatting it up on the phone as if like long distance <laughs> calls were everyday occurrences. I mean, exactly. Right. Abigail told me, she told me what was going on. I knew yeah. I was like, oh my. <laughs> I talked to her this morning. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even when I was growing up, so this is a long time after this, it, it was pretty rare to have a, a, long distance telephone call that didn't mm -hmm. happen that often no because no. my grandparents were one was in um california one one set was in utah we were in maryland and so we would write letters mm -hmm. to our grandparents because we couldn't uh, couldn't call them very much <laughs> well it was pretty expensive that, those were back oh in yeah the yeah you had to pay by the minute <laughs> i remember those yeah. days and and i can remember having some very high phone bills um mm -hmm. even when i was a young adult yeah in fact my parents uh so they had gotten to know each other got set on a blind date and uh they they were set up by my mom's by my uncle my mom's brother and uh one of my dad's uh, mission companions and, and anyway they got set up and then he went away on a study abroad to Germany because this is when they were in college. And uh, they they kind of courted through their these long distance phone calls. And uh, and he proposed by a phone call from Germany. <laughs> really? Yeah, no. yeah. And uh, and so my grandparents, because they they you know they weren't wealthy, you know, people, they that that was their wedding present was the all the phone calls <laughs> just cute it's, it's like a good a present movie. i mean <laughs> they wouldn't have been able to do it without it yeah sounds like a hallmark movie this is something yeah you really a hallmark go for it yes it's true jack do you want to work on it with me 
Oh my gosh, it sounds like someone. Because I knew they meant the blind date, but I didn't yeah. know we proposed over the phone. So here's the this funny is thing. Like a nice, a lot of layers here. Yeah, here's the maybe they had some inclination because not only did my parents meet on a blind date, but my grandparents, my mom's parents, also met on a blind date. <laughs> Rachel, you know so, what that means. I know. Mm. And but I've I've told if you listen to the Sex in the City podcast, you will know that I've mentioned many times I'm totally open to any setups, any and all setups. I'll have, a, have I'll go on a date with, with all. <laughs> I'll go. I'll have a meal with almost anyone. As long as they're not like gonna like a serial killer or someone weird, like <laughs> on a date. So so yeah, let me know. <laughs> We're still looking for hot Boston Jake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Ruth, you may have to help us with that. I think with all of our powers combined, we can work something out. Hmm, maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. Oh. Well, anyway, so we have the episode six today that's uh, is called Past, Present, Future. And this is Lee writes a new editorial in the Valley Voice. Gowan worries about the oil company's intentions now that Fiona has all but secured a deal with investors. And I have to say, I still just don't have a handle on this whole investor thing. I don't understand what's going on. I don't, I don't really remember how Fiona got involved, why Fiona is involved. She was just like a cutting people's hair. And then all of a sudden she's like going to make deals in San Francisco. And I, I just don't really get this whole, and I, and I kind of don't really care. And I wish it was just not there. I think almost all the other conflict is more interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you agree, Jax? I think Yes, I agree that it's confusing. And my thing is that I feel like I would be interested in it if I knew more what was going on. But I feel like it's it's this whole situation where I feel like they're trying to tell me that I'm supposed to be mad at someone or think someone's shady, but I don't even know who I'm supposed to think is shady. Like, is Fiona doing the weird stuff? Is Lucas doing the weird stuff? Is Gowan doing the weird stuff? Is someone like out West doing the weird stuff? what is happening because I don't know how I'm supposed to feel or what I'm supposed to think. Yeah. It's confusing because at one point they're all saying, Oh, Lucas and, and, uh, Walden are thick, thick as thieves. And, and then people are upset with Fiona, but then she's going back and she's still making the deal. And, but then like at one point Gowan says, well, I'm not going to be a part of the deal. Uh, or I'm not going to be part of the company unless the deal is made, but then he seems to hate, I, I don't know. I'm just, I don't get it. What do you think, Ruth? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I feel like Fiona's gotten a really raw deal. Like, yeah. I feel like she was, she was doing all, she's supposed to be negotiating a deal, but they didn't even tell her everything. And then she was supposed to know somehow Gowan's like saying, and, and, and so I'm just really confused and she's just back and forth so much. I'm going, going back and forth to San Francisco. So, I mean, is it really that easy to get to San Francisco from where they are? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it just seems like, oh, I'm just going to go to San Francisco. Like, just okay. quick jaunt. <laughs> yeah. Ruth, I was really hoping you would have all the answers for me and Rachel. <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I feel like 
I feel sorry for Fiona. I find myself, I find myself feeling sorry for Fiona more than anything because I just feel like she's so confused. I feel like maybe, maybe I can understand what she's going through because she's confused. I'm confused. I think we're all confused. And and I just don't even know how Fiona got involved to begin with. I vaguely remembered her going to the train station last season, but it wasn't even strong enough. I didn't even have it in the, uh, preview because I basically forgotten about it but I was like oh yeah there was that weird part where she goes to the uh goes to the station and uh I guess she was making a deal I have no idea why the other thing that I think is really weird is they were totally giving us Hickam and Fiona vibes uh, yeah, yeah. for a long time and then all of a sudden in these two episodes he's like super flirty with Faith yeah I was thinking the same thing. I don't understand that. I'm confused too. And and it's like they're not even a kind of a couple at all anymore. Yeah. Fiona and I, Hickam. Okay. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I get the feeling that I mean, I think last season, obviously, so much has changed since the end of last season, but they were setting us up to ship um Nathan and mm-hmm. Faith and Fiona and Hickam. Mm-hmm. And then when they shoveled everything around, I think they were just like, eh. <laughs> we'll yeah. see, we'll see. put Hickam with Faith, see how that sticks. <laughs> yeah. Confused. Now he, Hickam's like this pillar of strength I and mean, it's more in the next episode, but like inspiring Faith to, to, to burn down her sign. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it starts off with Fiona. She cinched the deal to sell the oil company. Uh, but, uh, but Elizabeth is getting upset about the fact that Lucas is working with Walden. Uh, but Lucas says, oh, I'm just keeping my options open. So yeah. And, and then there's this whole thing with the, with the mine, and I guess the thing about the mine is if they were going to open it again, wouldn't it have to go through like safety and all different kinds of things? They can't just like randomly open it. Yeah. Especially when they've had one epic disaster in there that wiped yeah. out, you know, a fourth of the town. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I don't think that would happen just, just because of this, of them giving it a different name. But that seemed to be the concern. Yeah. But I, would, I don't know. I would, I would agree. I mean, I I don't, I'm not quite understanding all that. I guess it just goes back to that this is this is the part that I don't and I also don't know, as you were saying, Rachel, I don't know how it advances the storyline. I don't I feel like in some ways it's a bit of a stalemated story. Like it's it, it, I don't like the idea of. Okay, I see what they're doing with Gallon, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the purpose is of the story. I still haven't figured that out. And this many yeah. episodes in. This is not all that interesting. It's kind of like when on Chesapeake Shores they were doing the whole plot about the zoning. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't mm-hmm. care about that at all. Like <laughs> it was <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> we didn't need any and it's just kind of like, here's business segment that we can kind of not care about. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But um, we also have, it starts out with this uh, major traffic problem. 
valid. <laughs> um, there's just too many cars. They're all wanting to go on the same street. Uh, and uh, it's a problem. And, and uh, the people are getting upset with Nathan about it. And people want Hickam to solve the problem. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think about traffic in Hope Valley, Jax? I mean, I think they're putting a lot of pressure on Hickam. He just took office. Yeah. He doesn't even have his office yet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like, let's let the man live and figure it out a little. I don't think it's his fault. Also, I don't blame Nathan either. I think it's just like, as you know, a society progresses, like mm-hmm. you need to figure out things like that. So I don't, I don't really, I think that um, I will cast the blame so heavily on any one individual. No. Yeah, I, I didn't love that. Uh, the Flomo was very strong, I thought, in this episode. Very funny. And uh, their their solution to, to wanting to have a, a, a manners class. And of course, <laughs> yes. going back to our discussion in the preview where we we're talking about the saloon, like their their solution is to have the classes at the saloon. I don't was- <laughs> like see. Some people are saying like, how could Elizabeth date a saloon owner? Like, yeah, the place where they have like women's yeah. council functions. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm surprised they don't have church at the saloon, to be quite honest. I mean, <laughs> right. at this point, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and I, I was happy though. This is more in the next episode, but they released uh, Gustav. He, he's free. We actually yeah. saw him. That's very yeah. exciting because he's only at you only ever see him at the uh, at the saloon um but yeah florence gets upset because she says like, the customers are being super rude and somebody stole ned's peaches yes yes <laughs> if you were to pick jack's of canned fruit pears peaches fruit cocktail which one which what's your favorite what would you pick? Strongly against fruit cocktail for me. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to go with the canned peaches. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? Um, well, I actually don't mind. I, I like, I like fruit cocktail as long as it has a lot of cherries in it. Uh, but, oh. um, probably I would go with either peaches or pears. Well, what about you, Ruth? Yeah, no, I was honestly just trying to think what I, I, I would go with, if it's high quality fruit cocktail, it's actually pretty good. If it's mm-hmm. high quality yeah. pineapple, I actually probably canned pineapple might be my favorite. Yeah. I do like canned pineapple, the, the tidbits more than the chunks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, but, but canned peaches. Yeah. I mean, I'm good with peaches, pears. Yeah. I'm yeah. The, the way you gals are talking about fruit cocktail, I'm thinking I've never had a good one is what <laughs> I'm picking up here. You gotta yeah. have the very cherry one with lots of cherries. Yeah. There's, you there's said the- cherries and I was like, I did just had really watery ones full of all like yellow fruits that are indiscernible. No, yeah, and you have to, if you have too many grapes, ooh, yeah. I don't like yeah. that. That's gross. But <laughs> um, So then we have the Canfields are debating, should they ask to purchase the... Uh, the mill, I guess, from Lee or to be a partner in it, um, or should they purchase the the cafe? And this is where we get a lot of like, I talked to Abigail and all this stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and so that's kind of going on. And 
And then we also have uh, things going on with May and her husband. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit confusing because didn't Florence and Ned say that they thought they were communicating with her husband? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and yes. Faith said that too, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then she lied and, and went instead of her husband, but now she's saying, oh, we're not actually married. He lied about that. But how would they know that, was he lying to them as well? That How would they even have come in contact with her? I guess through Faith? But they were working with him, not her. They thought at least, right? Yeah. yeah, and I thought Faith thought the same thing because she knew her husband or supposed husband from medical school, right? Right. So was, because Faith asks her, you know, what's going on? And May says, things were never going to work for us. So was Faith just confused and thought that her husband was a nice guy? And turns out, oh, he's not, or I don't know. I feel like there's again, some confusion going on. Yeah. I, I don't think we're getting the whole story. And I think that that's purposeful. I think mm-hmm. we're not supposed to get the whole story. Yeah. I mean, maybe he committed fraud. Um, you know, it's possible that maybe it wasn't a legal marriage. Maybe. I mean, that, maybe. that is a possibility. Um, there could she could have filed for divorce it is possible i mean that that's another possibility and i know that 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 can be really difficult during that time period um but there there, i think there's a lot that we are not privy to and i'm kind of thinking we are going to this storyline i'm intrigued by though instead of instead of the business side this one does intrigue me there's a lot of things that we don't know and i think that i think that's i think they're doing that on purpose We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. What do you think, uh, Jax, about Maysu as a character in the season? Um, I'm really enjoying Maysu. I think that, um, sorry if I'm getting the two episodes conflated here. I think this it is It is a little bit. Yes. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> with, um, she has this really like lovely scene where she's getting to know Allie a little bit more. I think that is in episode seven. And- I think her chemistry with Nathan is really great and not forced. And she has some lovely moments with Fiona too, where she's talking through some of the stuff and with Elizabeth. So I think she's a really great addition to Hope Valley, but to sort of echo what Ruth is saying, I definitely feel like 
this is meant to intrigue and like they are leading us somewhere that is going to eventually make sense. Whereas I think the business storyline, I'm not as confident <laughs> that that's going to happen. Yeah. The other thing, so at the beginning, we see Newton still being real anxious with Nathan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so Bill comes to him and says, I don't want you writing Newton unless I sign off on it and that he's pulling rank. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, is that just more sort of an overall, uh, an overall seniority versus like a specific, because he's not a Mountie. He's not mayor. There's no actual rank. It's more just like pulling rank as far as our friendship, I guess. Right. I think so. I think, I think it's, it's more unofficial and uh, that, um, and is based on their relationship and, and that he knows, he knows that Nathan will respect what he has to say, even if he doesn't agree, just because I, I, I think that's what he's doing. I think you're right. Yeah, it's just Jack Wagner being like, I've been a serious regular on this show longer than you have. <laughs> yeah, and then he's mad at May Sue because May Sue's the one who told Bill about Newton. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying, I told you that in confidence mm-hmm. and he gets upset with her. Mm-hmm. And so do you think they're building that tension between May Sue and Nathan Well, Ruth? Yeah, I, w- I, w- I would say so because I... I would not want, well, there's a spark, well, there's sparks there. I would not want to suddenly have him, well, he's been so into Elizabeth and now he's going to jump and he's so into Mesu. It just doesn't, it does, it, that, that wouldn't make sense. So I think it's actually good that they're not just, that there, there is this tension and that we're, and that they're going to take things slowly because I certainly don't want them married by the end of the season. That's not, that's not what I want. <laughs> yeah. That's a little fast. That would be a yeah. little fast. Yeah. But, um, but the other thing, the other thing that confuses me a little bit about this episode and kind of a plots plot uh, point going forward is I don't really get the whole alley thing because they are saying and so Allie's trying to say, should we be more than friends? Mm. But she's supposed to be like 15, 14, something like that. I don't know how old she is because if she is, if she's four, 13 or 14, she really shouldn't be anything more than friends. I mean, I, I guess you can like cute date when you're like young and just, I don't know, just being an excuse to sit next to each other or whatever, but I don't know. I just kind of feel like, what more is she talking about? She's like, she keeps saying, we need to be more than, I'm like, what are you talking about? You're 14. She just, she wants that bike ride that Angela got. That's what she wants. But I I feel like I need, and I, I messaged Jada to see if I could get a handle on how young we're talking about, because I think last time we uh, spoke, Caroline was saying that she was only supposed to be 13. And I'm thinking it, if she's 13, then this is getting really weird because Robert is, is graduated from high school. And so I don't know. It's, it's I feel like I need to know how old she is. Oh. <laughs> yeah. If we're going to be okay with this, we need to. <laughs> well, and I think 16, we is to... she 15, is she's 13. Like I need yeah. to know. <laughs> well, I think we do need to remember the time period. I know that, I know that we're not always sure of the time period. But do remember that back then, 
most of the time, I think it even comes clearer when you're out here on the frontier, girls and girls were getting married young. They were getting married at, you know, 14, 15, 16. It was, it was very common. I would be really surprised if they did that on Lincoln Calls the well, Heart. I would be surprised, yes. But, um, and just, you know, there's this thing about, so, and I think we even see it in today's culture, girls, especially wanting to grow up so fast. They, they see a guy, why, why do you have 10 year olds who are even in today's culture pining over boys in their class? And well, he doesn't like me or does he like me? And they and they get so caught up in that. So it still happens in today's culture too. Oh yeah. And they talk about they're gonna, they're got a boyfriend and usually that just means they sit next to each other at lunch. Yeah. True. <laughs> these, True. these kids. And so I don't know if that, if, if that's what, what Allie is talking or she did, like you said, Jax, she just wants a, wants yeah. a bicycle ride. <laughs> I don't know. But every time she kept saying that we want to be more than just friends. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're 14. We need to unpack this. Yeah. true. If they have this big ice cream fight. And the thing about this is that, and I know I'm overthinking this, but like the way they had the ice cream was it would only, they, it would have only worked is if, if it, if they had, if it had melted, right? The way that they had the spills on mm-hmm. their clothes. And, uh, and so I'm like, did they lose the power in the ice cream <laughs> parlor? Um, because that's not the way, <laughs> I mean, it was like liquid, right? And uh, each other. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I only left you alone for a few minutes. You had this, this very flirty ice cream fight. I'm like, what is happening here? And I want to hear Robert's point of view on this. Mm-hmm. What is he thinking? <laughs> yeah, when when I saw that, I was like, "There's some pent up tension here <laughs> like, with all of this." <laughs> yeah, she says my inner beauty came out, and he sprayed me with seltzer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Robert, oh, wow, it was really like. Did I catch that correctly? My inner beauty, that, that is the line verbatim, Rachel. Yeah. You nailed it. So uh, it remind me of in it reminds me of it in It's a Wonderful Life, you know, where he has that bum ear. And so mm. she leans over and in, in at the ice cream parlor and says, Oh, I love you. <laughs> George I love Bailey, that is uncle. one of the sweetest scenes yeah. of yeah. all time. I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah. She's like, is this your bad ear? Uh so I don't know. I I, it was fun. The ice cream part, the ice cream fight was fun. And especially like seeing them try to kind of make a learning moment of all this and, and kind of failing, which was funny. <laughs> I liked that, but I was yeah. still just kind of like every, like I said, every time that Allie said, I want to be more than friends, I was just really confused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So then we have uh, let's see here. Hickam, he compliments face hair. She's got a new hairstyle. Mm-hmm. And then he asks her to dinner uh, for objective advice at the saloon, of course. Yes. And yes. I mean, I, I actually think that is a pretty good match. Mm-hmm. I feel I like too. they would be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's new. And like I said, they had just been doing Fiona and Hickam a lot. 
-hmm. He kept going to get his haircut over and over and over again. <laughs> um, yeah, I think then, this pairing works. I think it <laughs> does. I mean, I think also because, you know, I follow all of them on social media and they have the same birthday and I've yes. seen photos of them together. Oh, and I've true. always been like, oh, they're a cute friend duo in real life. But I think it works for, I think it was implanted in my brain because I've seen their birthday pictures. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So Mesu and Nathan actually go on a, a date. Like they have dinner together which again is something we never really saw with him and Elizabeth. So we're already making progress. Yeah. <laughs> this is already good. And uh, we find out that Nathan was thrown from a horse at 13 and that he had a concussion. Um, so that's what gives him a certain degree of reticence. I have this also with, with Lee. He has written another editorial about Hickam these takedown pieces, Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he says, you know, I like Michael. I mean, this is not just somebody that he likes. Mm -hmm. It was, he worked with him for years. Yeah. yeah. Worked with, with Hickam. And so I don't know, it's, it's definitely surprising. Yeah. Uh, and then Rosemary says, uh, you haven't acted like that lately, yeah. which is interesting. And and uh, so he, so Rosemary says that, uh, the, is the, she says, is the newspaper making things worse? And that's when he stops the second run of mm -hmm. the editorial. So I guess it got out there, but, but not the, the, the second run. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Jax, what do you think about this whole thing with Lee and Rosemary working together, running the, the village voice? Well, I, I am just hugely in Rosemary stands, especially in the next episode. We'll get to that. I mean, I don't think it's always necessarily the best thing to work with your partner, mm -hmm. uh, but for purposes of entertainment on the show, I'm loving it. <laughs> you think you could work with your fiance every day? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, can you hear what I say? No, I do. <laughs> I like. I like that we get to share what's happened in our days mm -hmm. at night. And I mean, I think I'd drive him nuts if he had to work with me. I'm too obsessive about just everything. I want to talk about the stuff that I'm interested in all the time. And I think he'd be like, "Okay, slow your roll." Well, I. I mean, I don't have a partner, but I absolutely could not. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I could not. <laughs> you know, you couldn't. No. No way. I just, I just need my, I need my space. I need my space. So I, <laughs> yeah. I would like to know how Lee suddenly became a writer. That's actually what, what, what enters my mind is I never saw him doing any writing. I never heard about writing. And then all of a sudden Rosemary offers him this position and he's writing. And I'm thinking, when did you suddenly become a writer? And what I've, I will admit that what goes through my mind is as much as I love Lee, why do you now, and if we're talking about Cab, Kevin Smith, I know he can write. That's not the issue, of course, but I'm talking about the character Lee. I've never seen as a writer. Yeah. we never have either. I mean, he was a businessman yeah. uh, running the, running the mill, which evidently he's still kind of running, but evidently making Joseph do most of it at this point, I guess. <laughs> I which so. I didn't even know Joseph was a businessman either. So I don't think yeah. madness. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's very convenient. They they decided for whatever reason yeah. to to have these two working together. And I mean, I, it's kind of amazing that the Village Voice can manage to support two full-time employees yes. so quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like Lee has made a lot of money. So I think they're kind of coasting on that. I think you're right. Yeah, I agree with you. Good point. Yeah. I tell you, Jax, you're making some good points. I'm just, that's the thing. She comes in and she has this unique perspective that I, that, that, I don't know. Probably. Yeah. yeah. You know, I get Uh, pretty obsessive about these shows. I think about them too much. (laughs) So. So. Good. Um, So Fiona ends up going off to San Francisco. and Hickam sets up his office, but then he locks himself out of his office, but then it like comes open. I, I don't know. And, and so then him and Bill go for a walk and he says, it's all about perception. Keep on waving my friend. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about politics here about the perception of, uh, that Hickam, you know, has got it all together and, and, uh, uh that he is, he's somebody that inspires trust in the people that's the important thing um and so uh we also have nathan asking elizabeth to teach him how to drive and and then <laughs> Ruth stays when you say <laughs> <out> <laughs> <the> best. <laughs> he's like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and then uh, elizabeth wants to start up a book wagon so I think that you'd have to get something that was enclosed though. Mm-hmm. The, the wagon that she had didn't have like a, as if I recall, didn't have a covering book called the book woman of troublesome Creek. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's, it was very interesting. It's about this woman who in Appalachia, Kentucky uh, that uh, would have a, a book wagon like this. And she would take up books to the people in this uh town and there was something about the minerals and things like that i that would make these some of these people would get born with like they had a blue pigment to their skin it's it's wild and it's true like if you look it up these people you think that someone's like colored over their skin but no it's how they they had blue skin anyway very interesting book the book woman of troublesome creek uh, I recommend it. I thought it was, it was, uh, a, a very interesting and, and it's sad and it does have some content, but I, I liked it anyway, it just made me think of that <laughs> with this book wagon that Elizabeth's going to set up. Yeah. Cause evidently little Jack likes reading about rocks. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so this episode to me was kind of a filler episode. I don't think it's that great. Uh, I would give it a seven. What do you think, Jax? Yeah, I uh, I don't have a lot of negative things to say about it, but I do just feel like it was one of those that's like, how do we flesh out the season? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would give it like a seven, maybe a seven and a half. But yeah, I, it wasn't, I liked episode seven so much better. Yeah. What do you, yeah. you agree, Ruth? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say seven, just like no. you. I, it's like, it's so scary, Rachel. You and I are starting to get on the same page. 
after all I these know. years we like never are we're like almost like total opposites and now we're starting to come together and bonding have- <laughs> <laughs> it's true i mean not that we were, we're ever had animosity but it's just interesting <laughs> how our views are becoming so similar as yeah wild that's true well we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the hallmarkies merch store are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Well, and so the next one is Hope Valley Days Part 1. And I, it's that if you read that, you almost think it's a... a, a a season finale part one and part two yeah. it's kind of a weird for episode seven to have part one but nevertheless um it's uh it's the summary is mayor hickam decides that hope valley needs to get back to its hopeful joyous roots and decides to host hope valley days a collective celebration inspired by giving fun hope and love and this was so fun so perfect for hallmark uh, that you almost want them to make a whole movie about this like crazy holiday chaos thing going on. Mm-hmm. It's it's like November Christmas, but not sad. <laughs> yeah, true. true. Uh, but I mean, I had a few kind of questions about it, but I didn't really care that much just because the whole idea of you'd almost want to go to Hope Valley and each each spot is a different holiday. That sounds so fun to me. I don't know. I just had fun with it. Yeah. Oh, this episode was delight after delight. I mean, I could not get enough of Rosemary and Lee, especially <laughs> Rosemary. And everything she did, I was laughing so hard at yeah. this episode. She is, just, oh my gosh, Pascal Hutton is just She's amazing. Yeah. utterly brilliant in this episode. Mm-hmm. You agree, Ruth? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is, this is a fun episode. Um, and I mean, I, I would have, I think it could have been expanded greatly. I mean, I, I mean, I'm hoping for, for more, for more like this. My question was, did each place have their own day as part of Hope Valley days? So did we have Hanukkah day, Halloween day, or were they all going simultaneously at the same time for the whole week? Well, it seems like from Rosemary and Lee's perspective, Rosemary was doing like a different costume every day. Wasn't that what you understood? That's or- what I understood. But then they have people coming and trick-or-treating. And so are the townspeople, are they participating in all of the holidays every day? Or are they picking one day mm-hmm. and one day we're going to do trick-or-treating, one day we're going to do Valentine's, one day we're going to do, you know, like, mm-hmm. because- if you're trick-or-treating you have to have a like a costume right so i the, that's why i'm saying like the functionality was like what's going on this is kind mm-hmm. of chaos but mm-hmm. i didn't really care because it was just fun yeah. <laughs> it was fun yeah i agree 
100% like I almost liked that it was chaos because it almost felt more exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it starts out with the photograph of the town council and it's Bill, Ned, Elizabeth, Lee, and Gowan. And they say Carson is missing. So that's your Carson shout out, Ruth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, I just, I, I'm always going to do that. And if, if you guys don't know why, it's because I work for the guys. So that's, that's, that's like that. So of course that's, that's right. always on my mind, always. So they have five holidays. They have, uh, they're going to have Valentine's in the pharmacy. They're mm -hmm. going to have uh, Thanksgiving in the schoolhouse. You're going to have Halloween in the press, in the, in the Village Voice. They will have, uh, what's the other one? Um, then they are supposedly going, oh, they're going to have Hanukkah at the store. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to have April Fool's at Bill's, which kind of fizzled. There really wasn't much. There was, yeah. I, yeah, I, I. I think too. I think there were too many things going on for Bill to yeah. do that. Yeah, he had he had good intentions, but it didn't quite work. Yeah, there was no real like real yeah. pranks yeah. going on, which I would have loved to have seen Bill oh, yeah. get oh, some yeah. real good pranks. But uh, they have Hope Valley Days, and this is a big success for Hickam. Mm -hmm. And I do think sometimes that what we as people just need is some kind of gathering. We need to be together. We need to celebrate together. And it almost doesn't even matter what it is that we're celebrating, what it is about. We just need to be together. And, and, and I mean, Hallmark has monopolized that for most of their movies. You know, it's like they have, I mean, who, who has so many festivals and Hallmark films? <laughs> Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> they have so many and uh, there's just that's just a human necessity is we need to gather yeah. and and be together and and so hope valley needs it right now and so hickam realizes that and i mean part of good leadership is is more than just sort of the there's a lot of really boring parts of leadership mm -hmm. but most of the important parts of leadership are inspiring confidence and uh, and convincing people that they're safe. Mm -hmm. Those are like I think kind of the two key and and having people get together, having people celebrate together. I think is a big part of that. Yeah. yeah. So Hickam's he's nailing it. He's doing good. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, he is like become they have done so much i'm so happy to see this hickam's character really blossoming and just so having having such a great story this season yeah. i think I, I mean that's in many ways he's probably becoming um when it was like like almost who i look forward to and like, yeah. what is hickam going to do this time me too yeah, I mean Ben Rosenbaum is such a gifted actor. Like they 
should have been doing this for all the years he was on the show. He's hilarious. He's yes. great comedic relief. He's really quick on his feet. He's got great banter. I, I just, I, I really think that finally they're starting to utilize him the way that he should have been utilized all along. I agree. Yeah. And then there's this whole, there's two scenes where he's talking to Faith mm-hmm. because Faith says that she wants the she's hoping that the town will help them to get an x-ray machine but the problem is is that she's moved because originally she was the infirmary for the mine the infirmary was for the mine Mm -hmm. and and so the uh town would help out with the infirmary and especially once the mine left then it became kind of this civic thing Mm -hmm. but now that it's become her own private practice he's saying that that hickam's saying well we we're not going to get the extra machine for you and she says wait it could help out the whole town Mm -hmm. Uh, but she says but he says well why if i do that then there's other ways i could help out every single business in town and you could make like an argument that Mm -hmm. public health is different than helping the 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 other businesses Mm -hmm. in, in a in a more um concrete way i mean i i they probably would need to show that they're having lots of people break bones and stuff that they need in x-ray machines like uh right away but um i don't know it's an interesting i thought it was an interesting moment for hickam and uh and faith and a chance for faith to kind of be humbled a little bit Uh, and and I, i thought that was good um what do you think jack's about that I, you just put to words how I was feeling, but I couldn't quite articulate it. I, I did like to see Faith get humbled a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know why. I, I enjoy that character, but I do feel like there's been, yeah, I think she needed it. Mm-hmm. I think if this would have happened with another character, I might have not felt the same way, but I thought that Hickam made a really good point mm-hmm. that just like he worked his way up, she can do the same thing and that it will be really rewarding when she gets that point but also Rachel to your point about public health and safety yeah I do think that the argument could be made that they need that but yeah it could go either way on it yeah yeah well this was a really great episode for Rosemary for sure what uh, Ruth what do you think of her costume of their costumes Rosemary Well, yeah, well, from the, from the, when I first saw these photos on Instagram, I was like, what are they? <laughs> I, I thought, I mean, I will be honest, when I first saw the costumes, I was thinking Easter and I'm thinking they're not celebrating Easter. I don't know why I just had that idea. It just made me think of, I don't know why I pro- probably because I saw uh, Lee and I just automatically went there. And I thought, they're not doing that. What is this? What on earth are they doing? Are they just doing this for fun? And then I saw the episode. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was incredible. It was so much fun. Definitely Rosemary was shining and I. Yeah. And and it was really funny when uh, Hickam knocks on the door and says, hail Caesar. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. Actually it's Mark Antony, but nobody gets that right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, we have, so Gustav says he's leaving and, but then we see him playing the accordion throughout this episode. And I've kind of joked that he's imprisoned in the, in the saloon, Gustav. So I was like, he's out, he's free. (laughs) Cause you never see him anywhere else in the town except in the saloon. And, And then, 
I I liked that uh, we have some moments between Elizabeth and Lucas. Mm-hmm. And he says that I've always wanted to live in one town and have a home. Mm-hmm. And I, I related to that because I was the kind of person, I never really had like the job that I wanted to be when people would say, what do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? I mean, and maybe there was a brief period where I, I wanted to uh, be a Broadway singer in high school, but I was nowhere near talented enough. But, uh, but I just never did. I never had that thing that I always want to be a lawyer or, you know, dancer, like you hear kids sometimes say. And, and so when I graduated from college, I was just kind of like, I don't know what to do. I'm done. I have no idea. So I, I thought about going to law school for a little bit. I, uh, I ended up going on a mission for my church and then I worked, uh, basically in accounting for 10 years, um, until, uh, I don't know, one thing after another sort of writing turned into uh, film criticism, turned into YouTube, turned into podcasting, all that kind of becoming a freelancer it's kind of re- related to Lucas mm-hmm. talking about, uh, not having like a specific job that he always wanted to do that he wanted he just wanted to live in one town and have a home I don't know yeah I like that they touched on that because I think that's very real I think that's a vulnerable moment for Lucas to share that um and I like that the relationship between Lucas and Elizabeth we see it deepening I think in all these episodes gradually it's happening mm-hmm. yeah and then, so we also have May Sue's husband shows up. He storms into Bill's office. Mm-hmm. And, and, and at first I was just kind of like, I don't know what, uh, evidently Bill is, it, you see, Bill has knocked him out. He's punched yeah. him. Yeah. And I'm thinking, Bill, you can't just punch people just because you don't like them. Like, that's not the way things work. Yeah. Maybe in Canada, they're nuts like that. I was like, wait, what happened? (laughs) But then later on, he says, he punched me first. Right. I guess. Yeah. So I guess it was self-defense. But anyway, but yeah, he's kind of, he's shouting all over the place. So yeah, Mesu's very upset. And uh, basically, Nathan says, you know, I can only keep him in here so long. Um, and then you see them, her kind of going down the street and him kind of yelling at her. And yeah, I guess we'll see in the next episode what happens, but she evidently there's something going on with their marriage. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what do you think Ruth about all this with May Sue and the husband and everything? Well, I'm intrigued to see what what is actually going on you know i i, I would hope that may sue has finally filled her filled filled bill in with what's going on because i mean she hired you know that's her attorney so it seems like maybe she's finally spilled the beans somewhat and we just don't know what that is um i'm hoping that's the case um and so i'm be interested to see where this goes it's definitely it's an interesting intriguing little thing that i would not have expected from hope valley but i'm glad that they're including this i think it makes a very 
that this has been one of the more interesting stories for me to follow. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because he seems like a little bit crazy, but like, is he a bad guy? I don't know. Like, it's hard to know. He's just kind of there. So we'll see. But uh, it's not like he's some outlaw. It's like right. obviously a bad dude. Right. You know, like some of the people that were uh, with the uh, stuff with the railroad and things like that that we've seen on the show like there's like obvious bad guys and this guy i'm like what is the going on with him do you agree rejects yeah prior to him coming to hope valley i thought we were going to find out that he was either emotionally or physically abusive to her but now that he's here i i don't know what his deal is he could just be a little unhinged in a not so harmful way but I don't know because I wasn't really scared when I saw them interacting the way he was talking to her was a little intense and not the most respectful but it didn't like inspire fear in me yeah well and because you know it must have been there must have been a lot of confusion because evidently Faith thought that they were a married couple Mm -hmm. in Chicago so I don't know what's going on it's interesting but uh, we also have Robert going to Lucas and uh, not only getting introduced to the ping, pinball machine, but uh, but asking Lucas about girls, which I think is kind of funny. And again, I'm kind of like, what is Robert going to do? Allie's still child. What's happening? But, uh, but well, are we should be talking about Allie or could he be talking about Angela? He could be. But Angela, how old is Angela? Oh yeah, how old is Angela? Robert's just going for girls that are way too young. <laughs> what about a cute girl that's like working in the town? She graduated already. Robert, maybe bark up that tree. Yeah, and Lucas says, "I think the time will fly right by." Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, yeah. "Calm down, calm down." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then, there's also we have Nathan saying it's okay if lucas teaches me how to drive <laughs> but they try that and he <laughs> it's not. and so then lucas tells him he says i wouldn't walk away without asking may first and uh so we'll see i'm sure there's going to be a confrontation in the next episode about between nathan and mesu mm-hmm. i was wondering how people who were shipping Nathan and Elizabeth so who were strong team Nathan reacted to the line where, where he said that it was probably good that it, they didn't get together because mm, yeah. uh, I went oh, oh yeah. we yeah. went there I, yeah. mean, I thought it was a fun sassy little line yeah. I, I thought that scene was really well played mm-hmm. um between Aaron and between Kevin mm-hmm. but I did thought oh that's a little spicy I wonder if some people are going to be a little like no 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 <laughs> I thought it was fun though yeah yeah so the Canfields go to uh I forget where it is the other town to apply for the loan and they don't get it at first and they're really sad and then Lee makes a call and says that I'll basically pull out my loans unless you give them this loan. But there seemed to be an element of like, if they found out about this, then they would be upset. But 
I don't feel like it's not that uncommon for people to back each other on loans and stuff. Like, I guess maybe they should have, Lee should have told them this. So maybe that's where there'll be a conflict, but I don't think it's that uncommon. No. And I think it's responsible to use your power and influence to help people that need it. And that you think are really, um, like worthy of that. Like, I mean, I think that like Lee knows how hard a worker Joseph is and how, and that Joseph and Minnie are going to do an amazing job with this. So yeah, I don't think it's that shady or that weird. And I, I, I don't know if I would tell them, I'm really hoping that it doesn't turn into a plot line where it comes out and that they're mad at them. Cause I really don't want that. Right. He said, kept saying that I will cover the loan. And I think that just means he's basically a co-signing that mm-hmm. I will, but maybe it means that he will cover it, cover it. Like he will pay for it. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess we're supposed to say they, they didn't get it because these people are racist. Yep. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. And I, and I think that might be where Lee is coming from is it's like, he doesn't, maybe he doesn't know what, what the protocol is as far as it's implied that they didn't get it because of their race. And now he's going to step in and, and he doesn't want them to feel, maybe he's concerned that they're only, that he's only stepping in because of the suspicion of why they didn't get the loan. And so maybe he doesn't want it to be perceived that way. He, that he's, he's really stepping in because he knows they're worthy of it. He's not even thinking. You, you can tell that with both him and Rosemary, they had to stop and think for a minute. You, you saw it on their faces. I think they both captured this well. You saw it on their faces of, oh, we know why they didn't get the loan. Like, first of all, I was like, well, why did they get the loan? They're hard workers, of course they're. And then it's like, oh, we know why they didn't get the loan. And so it, it may just have been a really delicate thing of, I don't want, he didn't want them to think, well, I'm only doing this because of your race. I mean, maybe that's, maybe, maybe that's where he's concerned. And so I'm hoping at some point, I'm thinking at some point it's going to come out because this is Hallmark and this is Hope Valley. And so at some point it will come out and it will probably, maybe it will be a good talking point. Um, We'll see. I, I can't imagine it being concealed for like the entire rest of the series because that just doesn't happen. Yeah. There were a couple other little moments that I, I thought were nice throwbacks to the earlier seasons. I really liked the scene with Gowan that was he was right in front of the mine and you see his profile. I thought that was a good scene. I also liked when Elizabeth sees Jack's sign is Emerson, the Emerson sign in the library. And you have a moment that was nice. Um, and so it, it's kind of, I feel like we are getting this season more of those sort of throwbacks to some of the original seasons, which is nice. And let's see, I think we covered almost everything. Uh, there was nice between Ned and Florence, the whole uh, Hanukkah thing that he hadn't celebrated it for a long time because after his wife passed away, uh, he hadn't, uh, hadn't celebrated. Um, so him getting out the menorah and everything, that was nice. They're so cute together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, that's I think that's basically the episode. <laughs> uh, the oh, I forgot all about. So Elizabeth uh, goes to the cafe. Uh, and Minnie has a new hire. Anna is now working at the cafe and she seems very sad, very depressed. Well, Elizabeth meets with her later and she finds out that her aunt, that uh, Annie, Anna's mother is moving to Bellingham mm-hmm. and Elizabeth tries to be sort of positive and say that uh, the, uh, that the culture's niece we saw last season that she lives there and you know that it could be an exciting adventure well she's feeling really really sad and basically anna says that i want to follow your example and be a sort of a single woman and make it on my own and everything and um that was an an interesting interesting plot uh or an interesting character moment uh what do you think Jax? Yeah, I thought it was great that we got to reflect on where Elizabeth came from and who she is now. And I thought that was a great way to showcase that. The only thing that I laughed at a little bit in that scene where Anna, she plays it really well and, and she's coming to Elizabeth and she says like, you know, can you help me? And Elizabeth is like, I mean, I don't know how I can, but I'll try. And I'm like, so you mean no, you mean you're not gonna help her? Not because she doesn't want to, but I think Elizabeth is kind of like, I mean, I got a lot going on. Well, um, <laughs> no, but I, I really, I thought the scene was really lovely and really well played by both the actors. Definitely. Well, and then Elizabeth tells Lucas, says, I feel like I can do almost anything. She talks about conquering her fears. And uh, so I, I think seeing, having Anna tell her this kind of reminds her of how far she's come. So. Yeah, I think sometimes you need someone else on the outside to tell you that, you know, mm-hmm. like that it's not just that what you're feeling inside. It's like, no, you inspire me. And I, I've seen that in you. So that I think that's really cool. So, Jax, what would you give this one? Uh, one to ten. I really liked this one. I'm going to give it an I'm going to give it a nine. <laughs> what do you think, Ruth? I've actually been trying to think about that. Um, so I think it deserves a little more than an eight. I mean, I was leaning towards eight, but I'm thinking that might be a little bit low. So I'll just say 8.25. That's where I'll head. Ooh, 8.25. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll just give it an eight because okay. I just felt like it was really fun with all the holidays. <laughs> I just enjoyed it. And you also get to hear Rosemary singing, which was fun. There were just lots of cute moments. Yeah. So let us know what you think about both these episodes. Where would you rank them one to 10? We'd love to hear your thoughts in the comment section or on Twitter. Please let us know what you think. And Ruth, where can people find you? You can find me on social media, Ruth Hill 74. And then I have a podcast media from the heart and website, mydevotionalthoughts.net. Great. And Jax? You can find me Jacqueline Speed Tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. And make sure you're following the podcast at Homework Pod and Homework Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. It really helps us out so much. 
And if you are watching on YouTube, please this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group and merch store. There's lots of Hardy's inspired merch at the merch store. And at the patron group, we are having Kathy Cloves uh, coming on for our uh, Q&A, monthly Q&A, where if you're a patron, you can ask Kathy, the screenwriter of It Was Always You, and the Christmas promise, you can ask her anything that you want. So join the Patreon. It helps us so much. We really appreciate it. All the information is in the description. And thanks so much, ladies. This was a blast. And uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.